Amen. All right, we started a series a few weeks ago and it's called Armed and Dangerous because the world needs Christians who are armed and dangerous, who know who they are, who know the times and the seasons and know what to do. Amen? All right, so week one we spoke about the authority that we have in Christ. Praise God, we have authority. When Christians understand and walk in their authority, they are armed and dangerous. Last week we had the absolute privilege of hearing from Dave Ridley, um, and he talked about faith. And he said, when educated Christians walk by faith, they are armed and dangerous. Today, we want to jump back to Ephesians. We started in Ephesians 10. No, Ephesians 6 and verse 10. And we want to jump back there. And today we want to talk about when Christians understand their identity, they are armed and dangerous. So we're going to go to Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Let's read. Have you got your Bibles? Oh, I think it might it'll come up. Praise God. Thank you, Evie. Everyone give Evie a hand. Yes! Thank you so much. We love people that do this job. Amen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Verse 14, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. Every time I read that scripture, I just feel fire in my spirit. Anyone else? So much good stuff. When I was a kid, I would read this. They They would do lessons on the armor of God and... Um, they would read this out and they'd give you the colouring in sheet and you'd colour in the armour and then because like I was a good I wanted to be a good girl and I just wanted to please God, I wanted to do the right thing. So I'd take my little thing home and I'd put it next to my bed and every morning I'd wake up and I'd grab my little sheet of paper and I'd sit on my bed and I'd be like, God, I put on the armour and I'd like put this imaginary helmet on and I'd tuck this this belt of truth on, right? And I'd put, and I'd sit there and I'd say, I put on the shoes of peace and I put on the breastplate of righteousness and I 
I pick up the shield of faith and I pick up the sword of the spirit, right? I had zero understanding of what any of that meant, right? But this just became a ritual that I did every morning. And, and I just thought, if I, if I say these words, if I do this, I will be protected from bad things happening. That's, that's my simple understanding. Anyway, fast forward many years later, many, many years, probably 20 years later, and I was reading this with the Lord, and, and it was like, boom, revelation, so much revelation coming, right, from this scripture. I want to give you, um, we want to go through this, right, so that we understand what the armor of God is and how we actually apply it in our lives. Amen? Because we don't want to be little children who are just saying a prayer, but it's not actually doing anything because we don't have understanding. So, um, and I don't care if you know this. I'm not sorry. Okay, the reason why we gather on a Sunday as the, the family of God is to stir one another up in love and good works. It's to remind each other of the truth, Right? So it's not about, oh my gosh, this isn't a new revelation for me. This is like, no, we're going to stir you up in the truth. We're going to remind you who you are so that you get that fire in your belly so when you go out this week, you're like, oh, God's, God's in me. He's on me. And you can be light in the darkness. Amen? That's why we gather. Let's do it. All right. Where are we going to go? Oh. Amen. Sarah's feeling it. Yes. All right. We talked in the first week. We unpacked the first verse 10 to 12. We talked about how we have authority. Amen. So verse 13. Therefore, because we have authority, because our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Are we living in evil days? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's actually concerning at the rate to which evil is unfolding before our eyes. Anyone else feel a little bit concerned? Yeah, absolutely. All right, however, we are the body of Christ. And we're not called to be idle. We're not called to hide away. We're not called to be afraid. We're not called to commentate on it with our own lofty opinions. Okay? And we're definitely not called to be blown around by every wind of doctrine. All right? We're called to stand, having done all to stand. Now that word stand, let's just look at it in the Greek. The word stand is histemi. Everyone say that? Histemi. All right. Which means to make firm, to fix, to establish. All right, a few little things. One, to cause a person or thing to keep his or her or its place. All right? Think about this is what the Lord wants for you. Number two, to stand, be kept intact, to escape in safety. Then, when you are standing for the Lord, you don't have to worry about not being left intact. 
men. He's going to make you strong and make you be able to stand. Number three, to establish a thing, cause it to stand, to uphold or sustain the authority or force of anything. The will of God for you is to stand and to uphold and sustain the authority that Jesus gave you when he died on that cross and rose again. Amen? No matter what's going on, no matter how you feel, no matter who is with you or who isn't with you, you are called to stand. And you know what? When you learn how to stand, then you can start to advance. I'll say that again. When you know how to stand, then you can actually start to advance. It's pretty hard to advance when you're being knocked over all the time. Amen? All right. So what does it look like? The Lord's given us some armor, which enables us to stand. It's not a prayer that you say in the morning. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Okay, so the first one is the belt of truth. What is the belt of truth? John 14 verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Praise God. Guess what? The truth is in Jesus. Ephesians 4 verse 21, it says it. The truth is in Jesus. Praise God. And some of you are sitting there thinking, well, isn't the word of God truth? Yes, absolutely. John 1 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. So the word is truth as well because it's Jesus. Amen. So if you want to know what truth is, it can only be found in Jesus. Okay? That's why he's the cornerstone of the church. It's why he's the firstborn of many brethren. It's why he's the head of the body. And it's why in this day and hour we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, and run the race set before us. Amen? Now, a belt, what does it do? It, it holds your pants up. It, it, like, keeps your outfit together. Right? It, it's, like, in the center. That's, that's what Jesus needs to be to us. Okay? The only thing that holds me together is Jesus. It's not another person. Okay? It's not because I listen to 20 Bill Johnson sermons a week. It's Jesus. I'm following him. Amen. That, like men, as the body of Christ, we need to be obsessed with Jesus. Okay? He's the truth about God and he's the truth about us. And if we have any hope of being light in a broken world, men, we need to be filled with Jesus. We need to be emulating Jesus. Amen? All right. So what did he say? What did he do? How did he live? What did he ask us to do? These are the questions we should be asking ourselves. 
Alright? John 17.3 This is eternal life. That you may know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. You put on the belt of truth when you prioritize knowing Jesus for yourself. When you prioritize studying his life, hearing his voice, and when you deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow him. I don't know about you, but I want to be governed by the ways of Jesus. There's no other way to live. Being a Christian won't make sense unless you're governed by his ways. Amen? All right. Verse 14, we're still in verse 14. What's it say? Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, Jesus. Right. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Praise God. The Bible says that you are righteous. All right? 2 Corinthians 5.21. We'll quickly do a recap, a righteousness recap. Dave did a quick one last week. Praise God. Right, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He became sin, who knew no sin, that you might be stuck in your sin and forever be troubled by sin. No, that you might become the righteousness of God. Ah, He became what you were so you can become what he is. Romans 3, 23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But praise God, he sent his only son. He sent his only son that whoever should believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is not only the truth, but he's the answer to our sin problem. Amen? Romans 10 verse 9. This is like Gospel 101. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if we make Jesus the Lord of our life, which means we follow him, I'm not talking about, oh my gosh, I'm saying a prayer to go to heaven and then I don't think about Jesus ever again. Okay, I'm not talking about that. Okay, we're talking about Jesus is my Lord and Saviour. I'm making him the king and the master of my life. I'm going to lay down my life. Becoming a Christian is actually hardcore. It's not a flippant decision that you just be like, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. No, you actually lay down your life, right? You actually die to everything you are without Jesus. Amen? And when that happens, when you make that decision, when it's a real decision and you're like, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to make him the Lord of my life, then a great exchange happens and he takes your sinful nature and it dies. And he gives you a brand new nature, a righteous nature. And he makes you holy, blameless, and above reproach in the sight of God. And that is worth celebrating. Amen. And 
If anyone's got their knickers in a knot, I feel like we're going okay with this. But if anyone has their knickers in the knot, I'm not saying that you don't have the capacity to sin. We, we do. Everyone, even as a born-again believer, we have the capacity to sin. But Genesis 4-7 tells us, sin is crouching at your door, but you must rule over it. And if we actually start to walk in our righteous identity, we realize that you can, as Romans 6 tells us, reckon yourself dead indeed to sin and alive to Christ. And it's amazing when you actually start to believe that. There's like, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not even bothered by sin anymore because I'm just focused on Jesus and I'm focused on seeking him. Amen? This truth actually changes everything. It changes everything. The thing that makes righteousness so powerful, righteousness is not the end goal. Okay, it's an amazing thing that happens. We take on the righteous nature of Jesus when we're born again. But it's not the end goal. It's a doorway to intimacy with God because we've been made right with God because sin's not away because he's taken our sinful nature and he's removed sin from us as far as the east is from the west it means that we can access intimacy with the Lord we can hear his voice we can know what he's saying we can have dreams and visions he can guide us in our lives he can give us wisdom in any moment i'm sure lots of people in this room have testimonies of how god's spoken to them personally in their lives and guided their decisions guided their lives man that's the gift of righteousness and you put on the breastplate of righteousness when you believe that you are righteous as the Bible says that you are and then you use righteousness for what it's for to know God. Dave talked about last week about faith, hinges. He said faith is like a, a hinge. Guess what's on that hinge, baby? A big door. It's called righteousness. You need faith. Open the door of righteousness and then fall. Go into the presence of God. Amen? It's, righteousness is a big doorway straight, straight to the presence of the Father. And the way that you... Yeah, that's... I don't know what else to say about that. But man, when you're accessing intimacy with God, that is having the armor of God on. That is using righteousness what it's, for what it's for. Amen? A breastplate, what does it do? It protects. It protects your vital organs, particularly your heart. When you know the Lord, he brings health and healing to your heart. He protects your heart. You know what? I've done Christianity without knowing this truth. And I've also thankfully read my Bible some more. And um, man, I've learned that the blood of Jesus is so 
much more powerful than I was originally giving it credit for. And man, I just, God is my best friend. He's my best friend. I have access to the creator of the universe. I process everything with him. Everything. From, I don't know, what I'm doing this week to what he's saying today to, oh my gosh, I have, I'm freaking out because I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to lead a church. I don't know what you want here, Lord. I process everything, every single little thing. And you know what? He always has a God perspective for everything. Always. Always. And it protects my heart. And even when things go wrong, and even when I come to him with like, oh my gosh, this person's let me down, and all this stuff's going on. Man, he'll just give me the perspective of heaven. He'll give me wisdom for that exact moment. He'll help me to see things that I wouldn't see if I didn't come to him and ask him. And he give, he'll give me a response that looks like Jesus rather than looks like crazy Naomi freaking out. Amen? Ah, oh, you are righteous. Use it for what it's for. Know the Lord. Know him. Open the door and walk through it. All right, verse 15. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. You have some shoes. When you have your eyes fixed on Jesus... And when you know him because you're using righteousness for what it's for, you will be compelled to go. You'll be compelled to go. It's the gospel, the gospel. It says go at the beginning, G-O-S-P-E-L. It's the gospel. (laughs) We're called to go. Something Dave Ridley said years ago that has always stuck with me. And I'm not saying it because he's here. I'm saying it because it's stuck with me and I always think of it. The river of intimacy will always flow to the lost. The river of intimacy will always flow to those that are hurting, that are broken and that don't have Jesus. Heidi Baker will say something similar, I'm sure. Intimacy unto fruitfulness. John 5 tells us, Abide in the vine and you will bear much fruit. We're not saved to remain in a holy huddle, waiting for Jesus to come back. We definitely need to meet together. Thank you for being here today. I know it's been a big weekend for lots of people. We need to meet together. Why? To stir one another up in love and good works. To remind each other of the truth. To come together in unity and worship Jesus. Do warfare. Pray. Love one another. Right? We need to come together. But then we need to go. Burning. On fire. Because we've been together. Been been stirred up in the truth. Then we go into our own worlds. And share the love of Jesus with others. 
I remember when I was first awoken to the to the gospel, and I I had been crying out to the Lord for understanding because I thought that I was missing something. I I knew I was missing something. I'm like, what I read in the Bible is not my life, and I feel frustrated. And I'm missing something, and the Lord answered me. He started teaching me the gospel. Um, and for weeks and weeks, I was pouring over truth, pouring over the scriptures. It's like one day he turned on the revelation. Holy Spirit was there and there was revelation. I was like, oh my gosh, how did I not see this, right? And so all of a sudden, I could hear the voice of God with clarity. All of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not alive for me anymore. Boom, lots of freedom comes from that little revelation. Oh my gosh, I, like I'm having visions. I've like... I've ha- I'm having crazy encounters with the love of God. It was like, whoa. Um, and so I'm feasting on truth. I'm hearing the word of God. It got so wonderfully amazing, right? I'm being intimate with the, with the creator of the universe that it felt like someone had shaken up a Coke can and put it in my chest and cracked it open. And it was going everywhere, Right? like that. It still feels like that, by the way. It still feels like that. But that's like Holy Spirit bearing witness to the truth. Amen? And so that happens every time I read my Bible. Every time he speaks, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Every time I gather in church groups and we're like worshipping or talking about the truth or encouraging one another, oh, cocaine exploding in my chest, right? And it just got to the point where I was like, I can't handle this anymore. I've got to do something with this. I've got to get this out or I'm going to explode. Has anyone ever felt like that? If not, then we need to get here on Tuesday night and pray for you. (laughs) Right? And, And it was like, I've got to get this out. So gathered a few mums and we're like, let's pray, let's encourage one another, let's unpack this gospel, let's, let's do this thing. And man, mums just kept coming. With the, the mums were hungry, man. They just kept coming out of the woodwork. People from other churches, people I didn't know, would just knock on my door and be like, I heard there's a Bible study on, I just want to be here. Like, there were, like one time there was like someone knocked on the door and they're like, the street is jammed and we can't drive through because there's so many cars, right? That this is something it looked like. It was like, I need to like, we need to teach this thing. How is it that Christians don't know the gospel? How is it that I was in church for 33 years and I didn't know this? I was like, I got to teach someone this stuff. Right, so it started coming out like rivers of living water. Amen? Man, that group still runs today. There's been like, probably like 60 women go through that over the years since 2017. And now Sarah and Nadine are running it because they were part of that group and now they're running it and they're equipping others because they've got a Coke can inside them exploding. It's like the gospel. It's multiplying. Amen? Ah, ah, rah. Man, when you feast on this stuff, you can't help but want to go and share it with other people because it's good news. 
Man, why wouldn't you want to connect someone with God? He's amazing. He's the best. For me, man, and it looked like, I was like, the kids need to know this. We can't be teaching them to colour in the armour of God and then have them saying this prayer that does nothing. I was like, man, we need to teach them the truth. So I was like, wow, kids, I've got some Holy Spirit stuff for you. Man, because if we teach the kids right, man, then we don't have to undo broken adults. Well, we don't have to fix broken adults. Let's just get them knowing God now, when they're six, when they're five, when they're eight. Let's have them encountering the God of the universe. So when they get to those years where they could walk away, they're like, I actually can't walk away from you because you're so wonderful. That's what we want to see. So you all need to do kids' church. (sighs) Praise God. Because you know what? You need to like, you need to be like... (laughs) Man... generation that's coming up you like get passionate I'm going to impart something to a kid that I didn't know when I was growing up I'm going to save them some pain I'm going to snatch them out of the hand of the devil and they're going to be in the father's hand and they're never going to be let go right we need as a community that is something that is on this house and we need to be passionate about it everyone together I was not planning to say that but that's praise God but you know it doesn't even have to look like you know doing a big open your home like the God of the universe lives inside of you so when you go to work there is someone to encourage there is someone to love there is someone that needs hope you carry hope right there's your street there's been times when the Lord's like prayer walk your street so I'm like marching up and down my street shabbering praying blessing over the houses in my street all right like these are simple things that you can do and there will be times when the Lord's like give that person money bless them there will be times when the Lord pray for that person's broken leg there will be times when you need to step out of your comfort zone and prophesy over someone right oh because you are an ambassador. You're an ambassador. 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, we are ambassadors for Christ. Be ready to go every day. And if you're not ready, have some coke and go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, praise God. (sighs) You're an ambassador of heaven. Put your shoes on and go. Go, go, go. I feel like that's enough for us to chew on. Because there's there's like, there's three others, but they're like meaty, awesome things to talk about. So 
I feel like we do three this week, three next week. Amen? That means you all have to come back, you mob. You mob, don't go away. Stay here for a bit longer. All right, so let's remember. One, belt of truth, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is the center. Jesus holds us together. Two, breastplate of righteousness. You are free from sin and you have access to intimacy with God. And number three, you have shoes of peace. You're an ambassador. You are an ambassador of heaven, so go. Make disciples, preach the gospel in word and action. Amen? Should we pray? Oh, thank you, Father, for your word. Huh. Thank you, Lord. I just pray for that cocaine experience to be on all of us, Father. Every single one. That as we read your word this week, as we behold your face in righteousness, as we know you, God, that you would stir up that fire of God in our bellies and that every single person would have rivers of living water coming out of them that comes from you, Father. And I pray for every single person in this room that we would go, that we would take the gospel, take the love of God to our spheres of influence, Father, to our workplaces, to our homes, to our shops, everywhere that we go. I pray that every person in this room would be the fragrance of Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, all the saints said, Amen. Amen.